American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hey, Scarecasters. Today will be an episode I think you all will truly enjoy. I'll be telling four scary stories, which the first one revolves around someone almost kidnapped and using her trained knowledge and instincts to combat against it. The second is a story of a girl that experiences paranormal activity through a live stream. The third is a hood story featuring my Uncle D, who tells the tale of a spirit belonging to a man who died on the side of his house. And finally, a strange encounter at Inglewood Park Cemetery. Now, before I dive deep into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to all the supporters on Instagram and TikTok who have been supporting all of my video reels. I cannot believe that I now stand at approximately 130,000 followers on TikTok and 40,000 on Instagram. My Teletubbies video, which revolves around the Teletubbies being inspired by children at a Bulgarian mental facility, has already surpassed 9 million views. I seriously cannot thank you all enough. Hopefully we can keep growing and I can see more listeners bouncing over to my podcast. So, on with the stories. Let's get prepared to be scared. It was a chilly evening as Kat walked home from Arby's, sipping on a mint chocolate shake. Lost in her own thoughts, she almost didn't notice the car that had pulled up beside her. A red Toyota, likely a 2010s model. She tried to let the driver go first, but the driver insisted that she go ahead. And without giving it much thought, Cat continued on her way, the stranger driving ahead and parking his car near some nearby apartments just up the block ahead. As she walked, the man, who appeared to be average build and seemed to be of Southeast Asian ethnicity, approached her, dressed in a black polo shirt. He walked up with a $20 bill in his hand, his wallet right underneath it seemingly offering it to Kat, who of course was confused. Kat would ask the man the reason for the offer, but she couldn't understand his response since he had a heavy accent. She declined the offer, knowing that accepting money from strangers was never a good idea. However, the man persisted grabbing her waist and trying to pull her toward his car. With quick thinking, Kat butted the stranger's hand so that she would not be silenced, even letting out a loud scream in hopes of attracting the attention of any passerby. And despite her efforts, multiple cars would pass by. But with the flow of traffic, this was a street that was rather difficult to stop at. Within a minute, 
the man managed to force her into his car. But right before he would close the door, Kat stuck her foot out, keeping it from shutting completely. Kat shoved her way out of the car and made herself dead weight so that it would be difficult for the man to hold on to her. Realizing how difficult the task of getting Kat back in the vehicle would be, the man gave up and drove off. And through sheer determination, Kat managed to escape from the car and ran away, calling her mom as soon as she was at a safe distance. Her mother urged her to stay on the line until she got home safely, and once she regained her composure, she waited for the police to arrive and gave her statement. The officer who took her statement praised her quick thinking and actions, noting that she had done everything right in the situation. Reflecting on the experience, Kat realized the importance of self-defense training. Despite only having a week-long course, she was able to use the basic techniques she remembered to keep herself safe. The techniques included making noise, dropping her weight, and checking behind her for any potential danger. Any additional actions she took were the result of logic and quick thinking. She knew that if she had received more self-defense training, the situation might not have been such a close call as it was. She also realized the importance of never accepting money from strangers. And although some people may have good intentions, there are those who do not have your best interest in mind. She knew that it was essential to double-check and ask for a legitimate reason before accepting any money. And if the reason was not satisfactory or if the person persisted, she knew it was crucial to refuse and get away immediately. It is quite alarming how easy such an event can happen. This is also a big case of the bystander effect. And although there was a large flow of traffic on the street, any car that may have been on the last lane was more than capable to stop. Perhaps it might have been hard to tell what was going on if cars were passing so quickly. But if there was someone who did notice, they didn't do anything to help. So, what is the bystander effect? The bystander effect is a social psychological phenomenon that happens when people are less likely to help or step in when there are other people around. People are more likely to act when they are by themselves than when they are with other people. The bystander effect was first observed and studied in the 1960s after the murder of Kitty Genovese. Kitty Genovese's murder was a tragic event that happened in 1964 in Kew Gardens, Queens, New York. Catherine Kitty Genovese was a 28-year-old woman who was attacked and murdered by Winston Mosley. The assault happened outside her apartment building late at night as she was walking home from work. The murder was especially shocking because it occurred over the course of 30 minutes 
during which time several witnesses observed the attack from their apartment windows or from the street. And despite Kitty's cries for help, no one intervened or called the police until it was too late. And according to some reports at the time, up to 38 people witnessed the attack but did nothing to help. The murder and lack of intervention by witnesses became big news stories, resulting in widespread public outrage and criticism of the witnesses' inaction. The case also prompted extensive research into the bystander effect, which proposed that the presence of other witnesses can reduce the likelihood that any one person will act to intercede in an emergency situation. Too many times we say, oh, someone else would take care of that. Oh, that's not my problem. And I admit, I've been that way many times in my life. Too many times, to be honest, and I think about it after the fact. That damn, I could have intervened. I could have done something. Different situations I have encountered in my life, I froze in particular situations. It's mostly because I have never been trained to deal with such situations. You know, dealing with confrontation. And every situation was unique in its own way. I mean, it can be something simple as a teacher belittling or embarrassing a student in class. In my case, this happened on Zoom. And we know that shit is wrong, but we don't say nothing when it happens. We don't call it out when we see it. But we spend all afternoon discussing with other classmates how it was wrong and how she shouldn't have done such a thing. But 30 students didn't speak up against the wrongful act when it happened. Now sure, this isn't as bad as seeing someone killed or almost kidnapped, but this is just a small taste of how the bystander effect can occur in everyday situations, not just something that involves life or death. Another interesting case that came to my attention was from a follower from my Instagram page. And if you don't follow my Instagram, follow me at the Scarecast. That's at the Scarecast. So this follower's name was Adenia. And she would bring about a paranormal experience that she encountered while browsing TikTok late at night. And I know you all like TikTok, so this is an interesting one. So it was one night Adenia was browsing TikTok she stumbled upon a live stream from an account called Paranosis. I'm really into the paranormal. I love like ghost adventures and paranormal lockdown and just shows like that. But recently I found a TikTok account called Paranosis that do live streams every Friday at 9 p.m. And I found them off of clips being shown on TikTok about stuff that's happened to them during live streams. So it very much intrigued me and I wanted to go watch a live for myself. Now, I will say that I have watched a live before, but I got off of it because the guy kind of on the live was kind of inviting the spirit to do stuff to him. But anytime you're on a live and like a person in that environment that's saying those inviting words, it can always transfer. Like it, you're basically allowing that stuff to happen because you're watching it. So I got off the live because... I was like, no, I'm not going to invite anything into my house. So apparently the account does live streams every Friday at 9 p.m. So of course, Adenia being a huge fan of anything paranormal, she tunes in. 
The stream featured a group of investigators conducting an investigation at a house that was believed to belong to a witch. Bedenia watched as the investigators would use various devices including a spirit box and a light device that triggers when spirits are detected, which the investigators used in an effort to communicate with spirits in the house. They even had a boot that belonged to the supposed witch on display. So during the course of the live stream, the investigators would ask the spirits questions and voices would come through the spirit box in response. But after some time, the investigators would tell viewers that they would be taking a break to eat chocolate, which Adenia recalls the investigators claiming that eating chocolate was a way of blocking pathways in their minds so that spirits won't enter. I hope that's what it really is. I'm not 100% sure about that, but that's something interesting I couldn't really find much about online. So it's up to you to interpret. But the investigators, they took a break. They left their phone down with the live stream rolling. They also sat down on a Ouija board in view of the camera. And Adenia would notice in the comment section that many viewers were experiencing strange symptoms such as headaches, coughing fits, and other odd occurrences. She assumed it was just people trolling the chat until she had an experience of her own. Basically, people were saying that stuff was happening to them at their house or they were feeling ill. And, you know, I'm not one to knock anybody's, you know, what they say, but I was just kind of like, what? Like, you're telling me stuff is happening over the live, like this stuff is happening to them. So, you know, I just brush it off, you know, everybody's commenting. So I'm just thinking maybe people are just commenting just to get the heck out of it. So all of a sudden, I'm watching this live. And mind you, it's like 2 a.m. It's quiet, dark in my room. And all of a sudden, I hear a, like a bang noise. And mind you, I know my house is not haunted. I'm very spiritual. I've seen things my whole life and nothing's here. In that moment, something was in my house. Now, by this point, it was 2 a.m. And while looking at all the comments coming in, Adenia suddenly heard a loud bang in her closet area. Something that she had never heard before. So this is my closet, okay? And literally the hanger is right here. Okay, it was just like this. These doors, there's no air in here or anything. I kid you not, this like went like that. It went. And when I got up, it was just, it, I don't, I. how do you even explain that? These are wooden doors, you know, these are really hard to open and for it to just make that noise, there's no way that anything could have hit it there's nothing that's inside of it that could have hit it. it. It's just no possible way. How could a hanger inside a closet move in such a manner? There was no way wind could have forced a hanger to suddenly fling, producing a loud banging noise. This experience led her to question if it was possible for viewers to experience paranormal activity simply by viewing a live stream. Can paranormal activity truly be experienced through a digital medium like a live stream? Have you experienced anything similar to Adenia? If so, I would love to hear about it. 
I think it's terrifying considering how much people have access to such paranormal investigations over a live stream. Do we really bring this energy into our homes when we view such things? I mean, does this only happen on live streams or can it happen with regular videos online? It's a rather strange phenomena. And trust me, if it was regular videos online, I may be pretty fucked at this point. So, hearing this case happen so close to home, my Uncle D wanted to talk about several experiences he had in a house located in South Central Los Angeles. So I've been covering a few cases around South Central, and I might save this one for the next episode where I cover a Kmart that is located on Vermont and Slauson. So this house that my uncle was going to talk about is not too far from this location. So I know that some people said they wanted some more hood stories. So here's something from the hood. Now at the age of 15 years old, my uncle D experienced the supposed spirit of a man who got killed on the side of the house before they moved in. Now it's unclear how the guy died or when exactly he died, you know, hopefully it's not a drive-by, you know, considering the area, but he died regardless and apparently his spirit has not left the hood. Alright, now check this out. This is a real story about a real house that's haunted. A real haunted house in South well, they call it South LA now, but it used to be called South Central Los Angeles. It is a real haunted house off of South in South Central Los Angeles. It's off of Florence and Butlone. And uh, I can get a complete address. And you may say, how do I know this house is haunted? The reason I know I know this house is haunted, because I lived in the house and I seen the ghost myself and I was scared to death. I was like 15 years old, living in that house. The house was like, when you pass by the house right now, I'm going to tell the address because I don't live there no more. Uh, the address is right by where the riot happened, two blocks away from the LA riots. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's a true story. I am not making this up. This really happened. They say the man had got killed on the side of our house, you know, before we moved in there, me, my mama, my sister, my little brother, we were all in there. The house had a weird feel to it already. The house was like, even when you pass the house right now and go look at it, it looked creepy. I mean, that house looked like Frankenstein lived there, man. It looked like Amityville Horror. I don't know if y'all familiar with that, but it looked like Amityville Horror, uh, uh, something like that. It looked like Frankenstein living there. So but I'm gonna tell you, when I, Literally, with my own eyes, saw this man, ghost, spirit thing, whatever it was. Upon moving in the house, my uncle noticed how weird the house felt. The coldness, the odd feeling that someone was watching you. And on one night, around 12 or 1 o'clock, his suspicions would come to fruition as he would notice a dark, figure towering over him inside of his room okay i'm in the room 
I'm like I said, I'm like 15 years old. I'm in the room. It's nighttime. It was about 12, 1 o'clock at night. It was dark, but not so dark that I couldn't see this thing, this man thing was standing over me. It was standing over me, and I'm looking right at it. And I'm looking at it, and it was looking at me. And I was like, it was moving toward me, so I was so scared. What I did was I covered my head a little bit, but I didn't want to not. I was so scared. I wanted to pee on myself, but I couldn't pee on myself. That's how scared I was. And I was like breathing hard. I covered my head, but I was peeking out the cover, watching the thing move around right next to me. I wanted to scream. I couldn't even scream. I was so scared I couldn't scream. But that thing, it was black. I remember it was black looking thing. Uh, it was about 6'2", medium build. It was right there, and it was looking at me. It was like it was like staring and studying me and standing over me. Noticing the figure gaze over at him, the figure would come closer and closer, freaking my uncle out enough for him to partially cover his head with a blanket. My body was shaking. That thing started walking around the room. Now, I didn't see stuff pass by in the house. I could have swore, could have swore it was passing by. So there was another encounter with this spirit. Dee claimed to have been in the front room of the house. He further explains that at times he would spot something in the corner of his eye, only for whatever it is to disappear once he looked. I mean, one day I was in the front room, and like this house was so big you could see like the kitchen and stuff. So. I have seen stuff like you'll see something walk by and you look like did I just see something walk and you like I know I ain't tripping something just walked past I know I, I, I know excuse me I know damn well I just seen something walk past here but ain't nobody in the kitchen I know ain't nobody in the kitchen we was poor back then and uh, everybody had already ate so I, ain't, ain't no food in there so I know I ain't trying to be funny but I know ain't no food in there so ain't nobody in the kitchen so Ain't no reason to go in the kitchen, you know, unless you want some tap water out the sink because we didn't have no bottle of water either. It's like, I'm sorry, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. But I'm telling you, I saw something walk by. And I ain't the one, only one. My sister seen stuff in there before. And when I told them, I told my mama, they had seen stuff. Now, my mama, she had this weird friend. And what she did was she came over. And she brought some candles and some incense and weird stuff like that. It was like a weird Wish Doctor Voodoo movie. I mean, I'm really living this, and I'm a little kid looking at this like this is crazy. This is crazy. I mean, ain't that something? You know, my family was so broke that they couldn't move anywhere else. They really had to deal with this. You know, how many times do you see stories of families experiencing things and? Their asses are out of the house the next morning. Nah, that, that couldn't be my family. If you have any scary stories you would like to share, send them to mike at thescarecast.com or message me on Instagram or TikTok at thescarecast. Now, right around the corner, there is another tale that looms in the neighborhood cemetery. 
Inglewood Park Cemetery. Right off of Prairie and Florence, located in Inglewood, California. It was October 2016th. The group of people attended a burial at Inglewood Park Cemetery. And as the service ended, the widow of the deceased was surrounded by a few of her late husband's friends. Suddenly, an elderly woman dressed in all black appeared wearing a cloth over her head, similar to the traditional attire of older church ladies. Now, initially, no one thought much of it, considering the solemn occasion. However, the elderly lady approached the widow and engaged her in a conversation. It was later revealed that the old lady had conveyed a message from the widow's late husband, mentioning him by name. The message was that he loved her and their daughters. Now, the strange thing was that no one nearby the widow had even seen the elderly lady approach her. Furthermore, when people tried to locate her after the fact, she was nowhere to be found. It was puzzling because the way the cemetery was set up, there was no way an older lady could have walked fast enough to get out of sight. Some people claimed that they didn't see the elderly lady at all, while others surely insist that they did see her. The incident left everyone baffled and wondering about what had happened. People even looked back at photos taken at the burial, but the old lady did not appear in one single photo. It was as if she had appeared out of thin air and disappeared just as quickly. Some people might attribute this strange occurrence to superstition or belief in the paranormal. However, it is essential to approach the incident with an open mind and look at all possible explanations. One possibility is that the elderly lady was a stranger who just happened to be at the cemetery and had overheard some details of the widow's conversation with her late husband's friends. She may have wanted to offer some comfort to the widow, hence her decision to approach her and deliver the message from her late husband. And there are some that might argue that the incident was indeed supernatural, and the elderly lady was a ghost or a spirit sent to deliver a message from beyond the grave. I mean, it would make sense considering that she showed up in none of the pictures and that she left the gravesite without anyone noticing her, despite how long the walk out of the gravesite is. And if she's an old lady, surely she may not have sprinted out of there in such a quick fashion. But who knows, it's 2023, people have good health, you know, can't rule it out entirely, but it is strange. I'd really like to know what you all think about this, you know. Can paranormal activity, can it reach you through a live stream? Does that bring bad energy into the house? Do you think this lady was a ghost or you think it just might have been some old lady that was eavesdropping and pretending to be a messenger? And what did you think about my uncle's story? 
Have you experienced anything inside of your house and would like to share a story about it? Well, if that's the case, please email me at mike at thescarecast.com or reach out to me at Instagram, where I'm most active, at thescarecast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you leave a rating and a review on your respective podcast player and share this episode to a friend who enjoys listening to scary stories. As always, be safe out there. And until next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 